Hi everyone, this is Elizabeth Linish. I'm the seminary intern at St. John's Episcopal Church in Minneapolis, and you're listening to a storytelling podcast from the St. John's community. Each Sunday during Lent, we'll be talking to a different member of our community and asking them to tell stories that connect to the gospel reading for the day. We're hoping you find meaning and connection in these stories, and we're so glad you're listening. Welcome everyone um, to our next installment in St. John's Lenten series podcast, reflecting on the stories of our community. And I'm here with Rhi Gilsdorf, and we're so happy to have you, Rhi, welcome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. And so Rhi, just tell us, um, uh, just tell us where, where you're coming from, where are you today, and how long you've been at St. John's, and then we'd love to hear something you're doing in your life right now that is bringing you joy or happiness. Just start us off with that, Rhi. Okay. Uh, well, I am in Minneapolis. I'm in the Bryn Mawr neighborhood, which is just west of downtown. Um, and I have been both here and at St. John's. Well, actually, I've been here for a little longer than I've been at St. John's. I must have been at St. John's for about mm, 13 years, I want to say. Um, came uh, when my son was very small and he's now uh, 25. So <laughs> that's how I keep track of that. And uh, something that is uh, making me happy. Uh, I have started following this woman on Facebook who is Puerto Rican and um, who has fibromyalgia and yet she does these dance videos and it just makes me feel like, okay, I'm stuck in the house and it's really cold outside, but if this woman can dance, I can dance with her. So, <laughs> so I love it. Me. Perfect. Moving your body in the winter. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Rhi, um, we're going to talk today about times that our souls have been troubled. We've all had these times in our lives. And uh, in those moments, God meeting you there. So we'd love to hear a story about a time um, that was challenging for you, that was tough for you, but that you found God, that you found, um, you know, God's presence and uh, moved moved through that time. So, uh, yeah, take it away. Tell us what happened and what right. changed in you and where, where God was in this moment. All right. So um, some years back, uh, my son had started high school and he's my only child. Um, and so I knew that, you know, in four years, he would probably be graduating and going on with his life. And uh, at the same time, I knew that my marriage was going to end. And, um, you know, it, it was not um, ugly between us, but it was just like clear that we weren't going to be living together anymore. And, um, and then also at the same time, my mother was fairly far down the path of having Alzheimer's, like she really didn't reliably recognize me anymore. Um, and so I just started to have this thought that, um, oh my God, I'm going to lose everybody and I'm going to be all by myself. Um, and, um, you know, and of course, uh, of course it was true. Like there was, I wasn't making it up, right. I was going to be like very clearly, um, my, my life relationships were not going to be the same as they were. And that was definitely, uh, soul troubling. That was soul troubling for sure. It really felt, but, but partly, you know, it was, it was, um, it was frightening and, and felt like a little, uh, 
unsafe or like a, you know, but, but if I really want to get down into it, what it was, was I know who I am living in this house with this man and this boy and having this mother. And you know, like, that was all like part of my identity, part of who I am. And so if all that changes, then who am I? I think that's what made it, you know, troubling. Mm. And I think there was something about the fact of all three of those things changing at once that made it like just obvious, like, you know, I might have been a little troubled with my son graduating, right? But maybe I would have been able to sweep that under the rug a little bit more, (laughs) you know, having all three of these things kind of beginning to coincide. A perfect storm. Perfect storm. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, and really, you know, I probably was a little, you know, mad at God about it. Like, you know, what, you know, I've been doing everything I was supposed to do and, you know, (laughs) um, and, uh, and yet, um, you know, uh, I, I do think that, that God was there, like in hindsight, God was there. One thing that happened was that, um, you know, I was part of this little community at my son's uh, high school. He went to a small high school and they had a little fundraiser in the fall of his freshman year. And there was a woman that was another mom and she was offering coaching sessions. I got started with some coaching with her. And, you know, I feel like that, you know, some of the questions she asked that I could then consider prayerfully, like, I feel like God was definitely in that. And so one of the things that she helped me to understand was, you know, all of this is, are things that happen in the natural course of life. You know, we lose our parents and our children grow up um, and we don't all lose a spouse, you know because the marriage ends, but eventually we lose a spouse, you know? And so um, really what she said was when you had your son, you know, you, this is a thing that, that women in particular do, but we all do. We put some things away on the shelf that we used to enjoy doing or, or just do, or used to be part of our identity. And now is the time for you, as you see this time coming, you know, this is really a beautiful thing because you have time to prepare and you can take those things down one by one off the shelf and dust them off and look at them and decide whether they still fit. And so really for some of them, it would be like, oh, you know, actually I've been just fine not doing that thing for however long it's been. And, um, you know, and others would be like, oh, I missed you. You know, like, oh, I do want to get that one back out. So like reacquaintance, uh, reacquainting with an old friend. Yeah, really yeah. almost like, like finding an old friend, you know, yeah. so, yeah. And so rewrote, what were some, did, did you do this? What were some of the things yeah. on, on your shelf and what, what did you discover or read or rediscover yeah. in, in this one? Well, you know, um, one of the things, I have a degree in dance and I was a dance teacher for a long time and I used to perform and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, then, then life gets busy and you have a kid and you, you know, need to have a job with dental insurance to cover that kid and all of those things. So, um, so really realizing like, oh yeah, you know, dancing is so good because for me, it's not only, you know, it's this, it's this great combination of stuff where it's, it's healthy because it, it, it's good exercise. And it also, there's a, a piece about being in community with other people. And there's a piece about just the healingness of music and moving to music. And, and so I really sort of realized, you know, I, I let that go and I, and I, you know, maybe I needed to, but that's a thing I could get back. 
And yet in the same, you know, like right next to it on the shelf was um, the sort of body perfectionism that I used to have uh, around being a dancer. And again, my identity as a dancer had also to do with, you know, like I maintain a certain level of fitness and, you know, you could bounce a quarter off any part of me and I am buff. And, you know, and actually when I was younger, you know, I had been, uh, you know, not only buff, but like really trying to be skinny. I'd been a little unhealthy about my body image at, at that end, but realizing that, you know what, actually I'm a, a middle-aged woman and it's okay to be soft around the edges. And what is this mm -hmm. thing that's telling me that I have to be exceedingly buff? Like, why do I need to look like a 25 year old man? You know, when I'm a, at that point, I was like a 50 year old woman, you know, like there's, I, I, this is, this is not reasonable. And again, like if we're looking at what's normal and natural, so like realizing, okay, the, the part of me that was like right on the edge of the little obsessive about my fitness and the way my body looked, um, I could leave that one on the shelf. Cause I, you know, I've, I've, I've just had to take a break from obsessing about that. Mm. And so really, I don't need to do that. But when I was young, I definitely couldn't separate those two aspects from each other. Mm. So yeah. you really, you, you sort of rediscovered a, a new version of something joyful, yeah. meaningful, healing. Yeah. It. So it was an, an old, an, a rediscovery, but of a, a slightly new, a new thing. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes, definitely. And then, and then the other thing was, and that led me to find, uh, I got into Haitian dance, which is a, you know, a community art form and it's a cultural art form. And it's something that, you know, it's normal for, you know, old people and young people to all do together. Um, and it's, it's from a culture where they don't, it's not like some people are artists and other people are watchers. It's like the music is on and we all dance. So there's a piece about just the communal nature of that that was also really healing because, you know, as much as I love concert dance, just that format that, you know, there is a stage and there are people sitting and you owe them something when you stand on that stage. Mm. You know, there's a there's a transaction that actually needs to happen. So even that was really healing. And, and just to be able to let go of, you know, somehow thinking that concert dance was who I was or was better or was the aspirational thing and to just go, you know, actually what's cool is moving to music with other people. There's a piece in this scripture about soul trouble. That's the, the part about, you know, unless a seed is buried in the ground, you know, it won't, it won't blossom or I can't remember bear fruit. Um, and, and I feel like that, you know, this image of, you know, the things you put on the shelf, you know, maybe you could also say the things you buried in your backyard or, you know, in little flower pots or whatever. And that, you know, some of them have sort of composted themselves and there's nothing left. And others are, you know, if you just water them a little bit, then they, they're going to come back and, and bloom. And almost like they needed to be on the shelf for a while in order for me to tease the parts apart and realize I don't have to take this whole thing. I don't have to take the body perfectionist part in order to have the part where I love to dance. You know? mm -hmm. So there needed to be that sort of death of pieces of it in order for there to be new life. The scripture says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Yeah. So this yeah. idea of rediscovering exactly. and finding life in something that may we may have thought to have been dead. That's really beautiful.
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that it's um it's sort of much more precious when you refine it. Mm, you know? mm, mm -hmm. Well, I'm so grateful for that story, Rian. and um it's a very a very hopeful story and one that makes me wonder about what's what's sitting on the shelf for me at some point too. right you know it's sort of like that uh, corny thing that we used to say in the 70s you know if you love something let it go and if it's really yours it'll come back you know it's that it's that thing too right so i love so that. don't be afraid to let some things go because really if they're yours they'll come back yeah and it feels like trusting that god will find a way to communicate that to you whether it's in your own self-discovery or in the voice of someone else or in, yeah, in the know, community what you're reminding me of now is just that idea of that, you know, Kronos and Kairos and that mm. idea that there's God's time. And like in my time, I was supposed to, you know, like you, in fact, I almost didn't go into dance professionally because I had this warped notion that, you know, if you weren't there by 30, you weren't like, you're, you were over the hill. Right. Mm. And the idea that like, that's not God's time at all. Mm. You know, God says, you know, you can have gray hair and dance to Haitian music and it's fine. Well, Ree, I want to, um, I want to thank you for that story. It's a beautiful story of of both soul trouble, which is so real for all of us, and of um, rediscovering who we are. Um, as we as we move to a close here, I'm I'm wondering if there's a spiritual practice or a song or a poem or a piece of writing, um, something that's been speaking to you in addition to the dance. It sounds like um, something that's been speaking to you, helping you connect to God in this moment that you'd be willing to share with the people of St. John's. Sure. So this is um, a part of a blessing from um, John O'Donohue's To Bless the Space Between Us, which is a lovely, lovely book of these very poetic blessings. So this is the end of the morning offering. May my mind come alive today to the invisible geography that invites me to new frontiers, to break the dead shell of yesterdays, to risk being disturbed and changed. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but to do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. Mm, amen. Amen. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing your story with us. Well, it's you're very welcome and thanks for asking. Thanks also to all of you for joining us as listeners. We're so grateful you are here and we hope you see God's movement in your lives this week. Be well. <laughs>